you have to grow. Mic check, mic check. One, two, one, two. What is this? You hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. We're going to hop right into it, man. Welcome to another episode of Modern Growth. It's your boy, Kendall. Here are my co-hosts, Gabe, man. And, you know, we always manage to tap in every once in a while. We'll be trying to get back more consistent. So we appreciate y'all sticking with us and making sure that y'all tap in with this newest content. So we want to first start off by saying, what's going on, G? Tell me how you feeling right now. Man, I really want to talk about the bubble today, bro. Just, you know, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago with the, the, the slight suspension in play, with the, uh, you know, the strains and things that players like Paul George have talked about mental health. And even um, the coach from the Nuggets, I mean, he mentioned he mentioned the way he was struggling not being around his family. Um, so let's just talk about the bubble and the effects that it's having on the players, um, the community, uh, the fans, all of that, man. Let's hop into it. So as far as the bubble go, I feel like it's more of an AAU feel. And even though we appreciate – you know, what the players have brought to the table from an entertainment aspect. I do feel like, you know, we overlook a lot of the mental health issues. And, you know, here at on Modern Growth, we're a big proponent of mental health. So I feel like those that's, issues are overlooked. So what Mike Malone talked about is how, like, he doesn't think it's fair for, you know, the families to not be able to be there. And, you know, the stress and strain that it causes not only on him, but you know, the players and the coaches and the whole team. Because uh, I'm not sure if you know, but... I don't think there are many – I think they're only allowed, like, a certain amount of people, like, per per, per player or per family. Even refs mm-hmm. have, like, either one or two players. So I can only imagine, like, the strain that they're – you know, strenuous, you know, things that they're going through in order to provide us entertainment, which is another thing. Um, so are you ready to hop into, you know, what originally happened a few weeks ago um, with the protest and whatnot? Um, for those who didn't know – you know, um, unfortunately, those didn't know, obviously, you'll be having to be living under a rock. But, of course, you know, here at Biden Grove, you got to provide the details and the background of a lot of situations. So um, in Milwaukee, I think Kenosha, Wisconsin, to be exact, you know, uh, Jacob Blake, uh, 29, I believe, year old black male, was shot in the back by yet another white police officer at Point Blake Range. Thank God that he is still alive and he is just paralyzed. Um, but which is another reason why I think that he, you know, God had another plan for him. But it was another unfortunate and tragic and just unnecessary, you know, attempted murder, in my opinion. Um, of course, the officer that shot him is, you know, he's on administrative leave. You know, there hasn't been any arrests yet. There hasn't been any arrests for, you know, Breonna Taylor. Um, just another, you know, attack on black lives. You know, not just black males, but black women, black lives. And, you know, this is why... You know, on the NBA course, you see the Black Lives Matter. Um, if you've been watching the NBA playoffs in the bubble, you've been seeing that they have different phrases on the back of their jerseys above the number, you know, and their last name is below the number. So they get to choose what phrase that they want to highlight, whether it's Black Lives Matter. I've seen peace, loyalty, you know, uh, say, say their names, things of that nature. But pretty much what happened was after that protest, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, George Hill, Giannis, they're going back and forth about even playing um, in the game a couple of weeks ago. And I believe that was against who the Bucks playing? The Magic, right? It was against mm-hmm. the Magic. So they proceeded to 
you know, follow through with what they said to make a long story short, and they didn't show up. They didn't show up on the court. Um, the Orlando Magic was on the court, and the Bucks, so to my knowledge, never came out. And so when that happened, you know, I hit the group chat, of course, and I told them, I'm like, hey, I'm like, they ain't playing the rest of the games today. <laughs> like, these games is canceled. So what proceeded to happen? Yes. Like, um, the next game got, got canceled. Uh, I think it was the Rockets and the Thunder got canceled. And mm-hmm. then the Lakers and the Blazers got canceled that night. So what followed that, what, the, what followed that event was the NHL, um, well, the, the MLB post, postponing games and deciding not, not to play. Not all teams, but some teams. Um, the, the WNBA decided not to play. I even believe that a few NHL teams proceeded to do, to do the same thing as well. It went as far as actually the Euro League and, and soccer. Yeah. Um, there were teams even sitting out over there, and they're not even in America. So, mm-hmm. Well, in the States, that is. Yeah, and so my thing was that, you know, so this, mind you, this was a powerful movement, um, a powerful statement, really, um, that we wanted to see would there be a, a movement to follow this and this, that, and the third. So, you know, really, this never has been done before. I, th- I believe it was attempted, you know, um, for, uh, I think it was attempted on, by, in like a, around 1968. Uh, I think it was also mm-hmm. in the late 80s with, uh, but. Are you talking about Rodney King? After yeah, Rodney, Rodney King. King. Yeah, Rodney King. Yeah. So that led to that. So this never has happened before. So this is a big statement. So my thoughts on that. I definitely think it was a great move, you know. Um, I think it was a great move by the players to, you know, make a stand and say, hey, like, if, you know, because the NBA is, shoot, I don't have the specific statistics, but I want to say, like, shoot, 80% black or at least 80% minority. At least 80% black. <laughs> at least an 80% minority. So, like, you know, we're providing you this entertainment. You know, we already been going through a lot. We don't even have fans. We're not around our families. And, like, our lives are still not being valued at the same rate as white lives or anything like that. So, yes, like, we're going to take your – you're going to take your entertainment away because, you know, like, yes, like, we're, you know, athletes and we are held to a higher standard. We have special privileges. But at the end of the day, like, my skin is still the same color, you know. If I was anybody else, I wouldn't have – you know, I don't think they have special privileges, bro. I think that they just have a platform and they also have um, – they also make more than the average person. So I think that it's more so people be like, well, man, y'all athletes, it, you know what I'm saying? Y'all need to stay out of that. Just just shut up and dribble, basically. And I think that this this time, you know, people were – they were able to make a stand as, as NBA players. And I thought that that was – I thought that the move was was awesome, um, and the you know the people you know the teams behind the Bucks ended up following suit. But the piece that I wasn't necessarily that I don't know I, personally, I would have liked to see them you know stick it out and yeah and see what type of and see what type of uh, response that they could have gotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the other sports leagues, if they would have just decided to shut it down until, you know, some changes were actually made. Um, and then that's when you've seen the, the power of the dollar um, kind of exceed, you know, what what people say is the most important thing to them. And that's, you know, social, you know, social issues. It, it, it became more of a... Um, 
like the players, the some of the players, not even players that were actually playing in the bubble, were saying things like, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, this is my job too. This is my business. I'm my own personal brand. This is my opportunity to put my brand out there, um, and, and let my brand work and bring in money, which I completely understand. Like, you know, that's that's your job. You same thing with like somebody that may work at a grocery store or somebody that works, you know, somewhere, somewhere else, like even somebody that works at Google, like they're not shutting those jobs down and, you know, boycotting in order to get social justice. So why should an NBA player feel the need to, you know what I'm saying? To, to stop his job and what he does to make a living in order to bring social change. Yes, I completely understand that from from that standpoint. But at the same time, um, to whom much is given, much is required. And I believe wholeheartedly that um, the NBA would be the only league that they could sit out collectively and actually do it. But more importantly, they could get some things done. And I think that they could really make some change and so I was disappointed that they didn't, you know, sit it out and see what that see what they could have did. Um, you know, shut the bubble down as players and leave and see what they could have did. But that's just, you know what I mean? That's that's also coming from my perspective. You know, I, as a former NFL player, I don't think that the NFL could ever do something like that and be successful. It just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't work. No chance. No chance you'd be able to get those everybody on the same page to do something like that. And that's not a shot at the players. It's just the harsh reality of everything. Um, but I think that in the NBA, they had a chance to do that and they didn't do it. So to me, I was disappointed, but at the end of the day, I mean, I get it. Y'all trying to feed y'all family just like the next man. So I respect it. Yeah. I mean, I think that you did a really good job of just like explaining that thoroughly. Um, I feel the same way. Um, initially, like I was definitely excited about, you know, them, making that first step because I feel like that first step is what needs to occur. And I feel like that's what happened. So, you know, through my social media and whatnot, I was of, you know, the majority saying, Hey, like if you're a minority and you feel like if you really want to make change, I'm like, man, shut this thing down. Man, shut mm-hmm. this thing down. I'm like, don't, don't play. Let's make a statement. Let's do what it is. Like, because I feel like even though we don't have, as much entertainment right now, like, yes, that would be much more valuable and, you know, then be able to provide the impact that is needed to for, yeah. you know, for everybody. Because this is what it comes down to for me at the end of the day. Like, if you want to look at it big picture wise, um, it's like even with the riots, anything like that, as soon as, as soon as um, you start to invoke change or, or raise some questions, raise some eyebrows, like, oh shit, they serious then it's more of a, oh, wait, 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 well, let's just, let's just, you know what I'm saying, put some stuff in place where, you know, we're going we gonna to start throwing money at it. Let's hang money over each other's head. And then as soon as we do that, then it's like, oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. Let's get back to work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. It's more so like, hey, and this was a perfect opportunity for the NBA players to step on the owner's neck because they have, you have, you are the product. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter how powerful the NBA is, and the NBA is so powerful because of the players, because of the product that the players, you know, implement onto the floor. So they had a chance to really grab the owners by their neck. And I talked to a few people among, about this, you know, and 
they're of the same sentiment saying like, hey, like what needs to occur is that if you would have provided or forced their hand to provide action, and if you know if these owners are billionaires and they have they are super powerful all in, throughout the NBA, they want to make sure that their product is safe. They want to make sure that the dollar is safe. So you have demand. You are able to have demand. So I know they were talking about talking to getting some people on the phone to the attorney general, you know, in Milwaukee and whatnot like that. But hey, like, let's arrest the person that shot Jacob Blake. Let's arrest the individuals or everybody involved that was involved in the murder of Breonna Taylor. Like, let's do that. Let's get something constructive and then we'll play. Yeah, because like you see, like even even to kind of like take it beyond the NBA as as all of just to kind of, you know, further what I just mentioned about like, let's just hang dollars over your head and let's do something minimal to kind of like mask it. So like, for example, the NBA saying, all right, well, we're going to put Black Lives Matter on the court. That's just something to kind of calm y'all down. And be like, we'll let y'all put, uh, we'll let y'all put different phrases on y'all jerseys. That's just to kind of calm y'all down. You know what I mean? It's still not changing the problem that's at hand. Or, you know, just like we mentioned a long time ago about different, different companies creating uh, diversity, diversity and inclusion roles for, for black um, people that work in, you know, black people in business. And it's, and it's more of a like, all right, let's just say that we, you know, we focus on diversity. We look out for everybody here. But that's not really the case. And it's all, and it's all like, it all revolves around the dollar above your head and see what you do. And most more times than not, people are going to pick the dollar. Not, that's not to say that they're wrong whatsoever. But as a, as a collective, if we want to see change really, really happen, we got to, we got to take some risks. There's got to be some, you know what I mean? You kind of got to, you got to give a little bit. You got to be willing to put something up in exchange for what you want in return. There's no, you can't, you can't reap anything if you're not willing to sell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, you're absolutely right. As far as the NBA being the most progressive league, like this is on y'all, like you said, to whom much is given, much is required. So, yes, I do feel like it is somewhat unfair to expect the NBA players to take that 100%. sacrifice. You know, 100%. but at the end of the day, like if you know you're the most progressive league, if you know that, you know, your product is the most valued product in the world, you know what I mean? Basketball, like we're throughout the country is a world, like is a world renowned sport. And, you know, the NBA is the most popular brand by far. You have, like, you people are in love with the faces of the NBA. Like, no other league you have as many faces that people relate to, from LeBron James to Steph Curry to all these young players that are super supremely talented, but also have the same sentiments as far as, like, we need our black lives to be valued. So, yes, like, this was the perfect opportunity for them to grab the owners by the neck and say, hey, like, you know, we're going to demand more of you. Put black now, here's out. my question. Here's my question to you. Do you believe um, that if, say it was, say let's say this happened in L.A., right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, LeBron decided to lead the charge on not playing. Or even say the situation was the same and that LeBron decided to say, you know what, we sitting out this game. Um, because we we did get reports that the Lakers and Clippers were both willing to, in the bubble, in the playoffs, in the bubble, right then and there. Right. So let's just say LeBron led the charge, and and he was like, you know what, we're not playing. What do you think happens? I think that they don't. I think they don't play. 
I think they don't play. I think that really the the problem was is that I think I think the problem was that it was in Milwaukee and Milwaukee didn't have a plan. That's what the reports came out is that where players are frustrated saying like, hey, we appreciate the effort, but I think that is what also led to the NBA restarting so fast because like, okay, they honestly said, okay, we're going we're gonna to implement these meetings. Like we're going to have this, that, and the third, you know what I'm saying? We're going to put these things in place to talk about, hey, what's going to happen then? Like, how can we help? If the NBA or if the teams that constructed such a plan or such a sit out or protest or whatever had a more um, a more efficient plan, then they could demand more. But I think that the Bucks really just went off on a tangent and kind of led the charge, which forced the other teams to follow because who's going to play after that? Like, who's going to play after that? But you're not on the same page. And that is what threw everybody off because we also have reports that LeBron James left a few meetings frustrated. And what do you know? 48 hours yeah. later, you know what I'm saying? They're back playing basketball. So I think that. All yes. right. So let's. So to kind of talk about that, you, you said LeBron left the meetings frustrated. Stephen A reported that at one of the meetings um, that LeBron walked out of, he was speaking um, on. Speaking I down. forgot. Yeah, he was speaking down on the other, like the other players, in the sense of like, like he was responsible for the guys beneath him and the guys under him, and, and saying things like that, and and it turned a lot of the other players off, which kind of, um, which kind of like leads me to believe that in a sense, like it was almost like he was really frustrated that he didn't. You know what I'm saying? That he didn't start it. And I mean, I know that it's that that could probably not be true, but that was my thought process. I mean, that or you know, that it was like, more organized and things like that. Sure. Two. Yeah, that and like of the ilk, I have mine, so I'm willing to sit this shit out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll sit this shit out for real, because I, I got mine. But so I did also hear from Barack Obama and things of that nature that they so I think that the reason why they decided to go back collectively is that, you know, they said they would have had a, had a bigger, a more, a bigger emphasis and a, a more profound effect with them playing because of the platform that they have. And if they didn't, if they shut down the season, then that platform would go away. I don't you know, know. How much, I don't think the platform disappears. If any NBA, if they, if they were to shut the, they were to shut the bubble down. And any NBA player called a reporter and said, hey, can you have a camera in front of me in the next couple of hours? I promise you ESPN will make that happen and the platform would exist again. Yeah, so that's why I don't really necessarily agree with that. I mean, because I feel like the resounding effects of them shutting down the season will still be talked about to this day. Because we, we would that would be such a movement that we haven't seen. I feel like that. I mean, nothing- we're talking about the attempt right now. Yeah, we're talking about the attempt. So and that lasted 40, 48 hours. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. just, just imagine if the season was actually shut down and, like, the only, you know what I'm saying, like, the, the, the most popular form of entertainment is taken away by the players. Mm-hmm. Not by anybody else. Not by the NBA shutting down, but by the players. I feel like it's an entirely different conversation. And there will be things, of course, on CNN right now. That would be – and that's what I was looking forward to the most. I was looking forward to – the aftermath of such, you know, a profound statement. 
you know, that could have been a movement because the momentum from that would have carried or would, would have would have driven so many other sports to have to react and to mm-hmm. force the man. And I'm not saying that the MLB would have canceled or the NHL would have canceled, but wow, like, do you understand, like, how sports will look? You know what I mean? I think that would, you know, um, if anything, that would give the, give the NFL more power, more, 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 more momentum to do something, you know? Yeah, I mean, you even seen – but you saw different players from different teams saying, like, I mean, we we said that we'll sit out a game. Or we, we've, thought, we've talked about sitting out a game. That was the Cardinals – I know Saquon Barkley said something. The Jets had all marched up to their front office and and, and forced conversations onto to their owners. I mean, so you've seen you've seen the impact that it had, and and like I mentioned, that was just an attempt. So imagine if they were to have actually did it, like you said, in the aftermath of something like that, bro. Oh my goodness, what well, we would have been able to tell our kids one day. You know what I mean? Hmm. So my question is that: Where are we now? Where are we now? Like, are we back at square one? Because at the end of the day, like, now basketball, you know, like we talked about earlier today, like, now we're talking about basketball again. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and those names are – the names are still in the back of their jerseys, but, like – I think we're so far that? from square one, bro. I think we're so far from square one. So we're so, we're so because, far. We're, 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 like, we're, like we're moving forward. We're moving forward. Okay. You know what I mean? Granted, granted – you got to think about like all these different instances are the matters of us taking steps forward, leaps forward or bounds forward. Right. So with, with the, the NBA deciding that they were going to suspend play for that short period of time, those were a a bunch of steps forward. But imagine if they would have shut it down, then we would be talking about taking leaps forward because at the end of the day, the more, we bring attention to social reform, social justice reform, and, and the issues that are really glaring in America right now, the closer we get to creating a solution, things getting better. So, like, no matter what, however, whenever we talk about it, it's improving the situation at hand because it's forcing people to talk about things that they don't want to talk about and admit to truths that they may not even know exist, you know what I mean, or want to admit exists. So the progress is there, but it's a matter of, how much change we can actually we can actually see from the small steps rather than how much change we could actually see if we started taking more leaps. Exactly. I feel like, you know, we've been struggling with oppression, we've been struggling with racism, you know, and everything like that for ever since we have arrived in this country that we were brought to against our will, you know? So mm-hmm. at what point are we gonna be tired of marching? Or are we going to start jumping? Are we going to start leaving? And like you said, and I feel like, you know, people talk, talk about being fed up. And I think that we still have a, a ways to go collectively, right? Because what I do feel like is that some people, and this is another conversation for another pod, but I do feel like some people feel like when they reach a certain stature, or reach, you know what I'm saying, or reach a certain financial status, that they can remove themselves from the same struggles, you know, that, you know, other people that look like them go through because of their access. And that's not the case because when that access is, you know what I'm saying? Cause you can still be like, you have access, but is that access is the same as the white man next to you? Yeah. And then you also, but at the same time though. So like, I know you mentioned that like, you know, with some people when they, when they change, you know, when they change their situation, they forget where they came from basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just got done reading this book 
um, the spook who slept by the door. And so a lot of times, and I'm not to say that this is the case with everybody, but you know, there's some people out there that's, that's different and they, and they actually being strategic with the way they move it. And I can respect that. Um, and, and the, the book basically, you should definitely read it. The book basically is, is the story of a guy who, who was, uh, a black man in the CIA and he pretty much figured out a way to, to infiltrate it. Um, without ever being noticed. And a lot of things he talked about in the book and the way that he um way that he developed himself um into who he wanted to be was a lot of the things that us as black men in America deal with and especially, you know, black men in business in America or that's, you know, trying to infiltrate that corporate ladder or trying to or trying to make their own or run their own business, start their own business up and, and enter the Enter, the, enter different industries on their own. Um, they deal with deal with having to figure out, you know, when to wear which hat. And so I think that to kind of go back to what you mentioned, I think that um, a, a, some that some players or some people who make that take that step and elevate into that next that next tax bracket or whatever it is, they don't necessarily forget where they come from, they just kind of got to be strategic about when to, when to, you know, take action. Because if you take action too soon, you could potentially knock down all the bricks and all the building blocks that you put up before. But at the same time, if you wait too long, then you never take action. And then you've never done what, what it was that, you know I mean, you said you set out to do. So I, I hear you 100%, but I, I definitely think that that can go both ways. It definitely goes both ways. I agree with you a thousand percent. I feel like, you know, when you reach a certain point that you do have to move different, right? And I feel like that's just in any aspect of life. When you acquire certain things, when you, you know, continue to elevate yourself, it's all about personal development and growth. Like, you're going to change. You're going to change for the better. But, you know, your morals, your roots, like what you, yes, what you your, your principles, what you yes, stand sir. on have to be consistent throughout. 100%. Those are the things that don't change. So, you can be, you can reach a different stature or reach a different element of your life, you know, where you have access to more things, but how do you still relate to those principles that are going to affect the people, but that, you know, haven't reached where you are? So you can also provide a ladder, you know what I mean? Like, we got to do a better job of, like, when we reach, especially we talk about generational wealth, too, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, we talk about those things, like, when we reach certain statures, like, how, what are we doing to pass down information? Like, are we providing that ladder you know what I'm saying? For other people to climb up or do when we or when we reach that new level, do we take it away and only worry about us getting to the next level? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You gotta you gotta make sure that we're moving as a unit, man. Like we're already centuries behind. No, know? and that's and that's so true. And the and the and the, the biggest thing with that, bro, especially like, you know, you mentioned them people that get up to the next level and they take the ladder with them. The, at, the, at the end of the day, you can only go so far. Each each of us can only go so far. But if you give everything that you know, you know what I mean, to somebody else, and then they couple that with what they know, they're going to be able to go a little bit further, and then so on and so forth. And that's kind of how that's how other cultures have been doing it for so long. And we just so far behind because we come up with the mentality of it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. I got to do what I got to do to get mine. And, you know what I mean, we only start looking at ourselves. And then we forget that the more we do together, the more we do with community, 
the further we can go. You know what I mean? And, and what's the celebration of yours if your brother can't celebrate with you? Or what's the celebration of yours if your sister can't celebrate with you? So now if we create a situation where everybody eating, nobody's hungry. Yeah. And when everybody's eating, you don't have to worry about feeding everybody. 100%. Where everybody eating, you want to feed everybody because guess what? Like we put so much pressure on the ones that do make it by saying, hey, you got to take care of the ones below you, whether it's the athlete, whether it's a musician, like they got to worry about feeding everybody below them. Like, oh, no. How about putting people in position to win but here's the thing like we do it in a red we do it in the aftermath like we see people get successful and say okay now let me put them in positions to win like how about giving knowledge along the way so i don't mm-hmm. have to pull you up as far you know what i'm saying i can just give you these little tidbits because you already got, got this head start because you've been getting this information as i've got it you know what i mean so at the end of the day like i feel like that is one of those things um that we got to really think about as we move as a unit. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's really like, you know, and it's funny that we talked about the protests and we go back to this and, you know, it's just another one thing after another where we have to literally do a better job taking care of one another, you know? Um, and that's what yeah. it comes down to, man. Like, doing a better job of taking care of one another and understanding that, like, you know, as a, as a, as a union, as a community, you know, we got to do better. But we been real quick and, you know, talk about the protests, you know, talk about the NBA and talk about the bubble and whatnot. And just give you all a quick synopsis of what we think. Um, but like we said, like, you know, we're a little bit more subtle now. We're going to continue to put out this content for the rest of the year. Fourth quarter is, you know, how me and G feel about the fourth quarter. So, you know, we're got to finish strong. So that content is going to be delivered. And make sure y'all tap in and tune in. So, you know what I'm saying? G, you got anything else before we, you know, wrap it on up? Oh, man, you know what it is. We got better today. We definitely got better today. Modern Growth, check us out on Instagram. Make sure y'all, if y'all follow follow us on Apple Podcasts, please rate us and review us. We appreciate all feedback. And we'll tap in with y'all soon. Modern Growth, G, I'm out. We out. I'm out.